Welcome to St. Louis on the Air, and happy Friday. I'm Sarah Fenske. The biggest party in town on New Year's Day may well have been outside Illinois Illinois supply and provisions. Thousands of metro area residents stood in line for hours outside the Collinsville, Illinois shop. Their goal? to score some marijuana legally. Illinois just became the 11th state to legalize marijuana for recreational use. And St. Louis Public Radio reporter Eric Schmid found plenty of shoppers eager to make a purchase. Let's listen. Uh, We got here right at about 5 a.m. And uh, some people have been here 15, 16 hours, so it was a pretty short wait. (laughs) We we got up at 4.30 today. We got here about 5 o'clock. We came from Waterloo. And we paid a babysitter. (laughs) We paid a babysitter so that we could skedaddle on out of there. Why are you here? Support the new law. Uh, Support something that I wanted to see pass anyway. Um, It's been in other states before. We could definitely use the revenue from it. And to keep people from getting something that is in very high demand anyway, it just seems ridiculous not to have it legal anyway. I just want to go in and be able to do it legal. I want to be feeling like I'm not doing something wrong takes away all the anxiety takes away is there gonna guy gonna have it do I gotta wait 14 hours is it gonna be bad is it you know is it gonna cost different am I gonna get ripped off I don't have to worry about none of that what do you want to buy and why um I'm really looking forward to like the vapes just because they're kind of compact they're a little bit more discreet than always smelling like really loud weed and I'm excited about the candies and things too and I'm gonna get some of the flour too just You know what, this is an incredible line of people, and everybody in this line is super nice, and um, I don't know how often that happens, but you know, that's a good thing to note. Good group of folks. Everybody's in a good mood, everybody's really nice. This man gave us his gloves because we were not prepared. <laughs> you know, it's just a good feeling, happy, happy day. <laughs> I think that there's a lot more people out there that smoke pot than anybody even realizes, clearly. 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 <laughs> the line, yeah. Now, those interviews were conducted by St. Louis Public Radio reporter Eric Schmid. And Eric is actually here in studio today to tell us all about it. Eric, welcome to the show. Ah, Thank you for having me. And for those of you listening, do you have a question about Illinois' brave new world of recreational weed? Or were you actually in line in Collinsville yesterday? Give us a call and tell us about it. We're at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So, Eric, you were in Collinsville on Wednesday. Set Mm -hmm. the scene for us. Just how long was this line? Well, I got to the dispensary around 6.30, so about a half hour before it opened, and there was a little maze out out front of it that it was full, and then the line extended onto a sidewalk, and it went down, and it curved around, and it started going down this way long road, there were so many people and people just kept on streaming in and adding to the line. It was the sun rose as this line of hundreds, probably thousands of people uh, just waited to to get their hands on some legal marijuana. That's amazing. And they were already lined up at 6.30 a.m. Most people who wanted to be there first got there around 5. Some people got there earlier. I talked to people who were there since 1.30. And the people at the very front of the line had camped out since like 3 or 4 p.m. the day before. 
Now, obviously, these people who got there at 3 p.m. the day before, they were able to make their purchase. But did everybody in this line end up eventually getting to the front? I would say everybody who I saw, I was there in the morning, um, did get to go into the dispensary and get what they want. They did end up cutting lines around 4.30 or so on that first day. Um, But the the next day they were open. I mean... They were open from 7 until, what, 4, 4.30? So that that's more than a working day. I mean, to get all of those people in and be able to serve them when we had seen some reporting saying there was not going to be enough um, for people to get, for there was not going to be enough to go around, I thought it was a, a pretty strong showing that they were able to stay open for that long given that prior reporting. Yeah. And you say, so they ended up cutting off the line at 4 p.m., but they were actually open, I guess, all the way till 9. Is that right? Yeah, they, they do have to stay open, but they okay. just weren't able to. They, they just had to say, we can't serve you. Okay. And then they opened again the next day. You're saying there was a line again the next mm-hmm. day? Mm-hmm. Had, had they anticipated that there was going to be this much demand? They had anticipated there would be demand. They did not anticipate that it would gonna that it was gonna be this much. But it, it, that's one of those things. It's so hard to know exactly what it's going to be on the first day. Do you know how much um, came in in terms of sales? At the Collinsville store, I do not, but I know across the state they announced something like $3.1, $3.2 million in sales on that first day. Just in a single day. Just in a single day. 77,000 unique sales across the state. I mean, that's a lot of money. To to put that in a little bit of context, the first month of Colorado, they cleared $14 million in sales all the way back in 2014. Wow. So Illinois hit 50% of that on its very first day. Not 50% of that. I mean, probably closer, um, you know, quick math, that's about uh, five times the five times less in the first day. Okay, bad math on the part of me as a journalist here. (laughs) So Illinois has had this medical marijuana program for Mm -hmm. years before they introduced the recreational one. Um, What are they doing to make sure that people who need marijuana for medicinal purposes are still able to get it, even with this huge demand that's out there? Mm hmm. Um, for all of the, I mean, for the dispensary operators in Collinsville, they say that medical patients are their number one priority. They have said when they get new supplies in that goes directly to the medical patient, they've protected stuff for, for them. I think it's probably, it's likely that some products will be on allocation that medical patients may not be able to get the total allotment of flour that they want, but that's just because the dispensary operators have told me the entire state is short on flour. So when they get new, when they get more, it goes to the medical patients first. I mean, and other like economists who I've talked to have said, the medical patient is the most important part of a dispensary's operation. They're the people who buy the most, they come in consistently. So why would you want to alienate your best customers? So they're continuing to try to prioritize yes. that. Yeah. Uh, we do want to invite you to join our conversation if you have a question for Eric Schmidt, the St. Louis Public Radio reporter that I'm talking to today. Uh, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. Um, and we'll be taking questions. And also, we're just kind of curious, did you anticipate this kind of pent-up demand? Eric, I'm wondering, 
did you see any Missouri people out there in line? Yes, I did. And I and a couple of the people who were in that top clip montage were from Missouri. In fact, they they had crossed the river to to experience the first day of legal sales in Illinois. And is that legal? Can a Missouri person just show up with the Missouri driver's license and get this product? Yes, you can cross the river and buy in Illinois. It is illegal to take it back across the river. So you would have to consume it. To be able to legally um, stay within the law, you would have to consume it while you were still in Illinois and then not drive impaired back or, or have a designated driver. But if you are out of state, you can definitely come into Illinois and purchase. And I know that uh, pot tourism is something that they, the state is interested in. It, it was in a few reports um, and analyses before uh, they went ahead and legalized the uh, the plant back in you know early 2019. For out-of-state residents, how much are they allowed to purchase? Out-of-state residents can get half of what Illinois uh, state residents can. And that's going to be, for out-of-state, that would be 15 grams of flour, 250 milligrams of THC in a what they're calling an infused product. So that's like an edible or an oil, you know, something that you would ingest. And then two and a half grams in a canna, uh, cannabis concentrate. So that's like um, dabs are the best way that I can describe that. So for those who aren't potheads, um, is this enough for single use or is this more like, hey, you could be going for a week if you were to <laughs> illegally smuggle it across state lines? Um, that is, in my estimation, that is more than enough. If you are somebody who is a casual consumer, that is going to be more than enough to last for a long time, probably at least weeks, probably months, actually, depending on how often you use. If you're only using something on the weekend or, or consuming, you know, on a Friday or a Saturday, you're not going to be using that much. And, and 15 grams can go a long way. Okay. So technically, people know they can't bring it back over the river, but mm -hmm. we're probably seeing some of that go on. Has there been any sense of a law enforcement response um, from Missouri communities trying to, to stop these pot tourists? Or at this point, no big problems? Um, not that I know of. Um, I think if police departments were to go after this, it it seems a little frivolous in my own opinion because i mean you look at st louis and you say we've seen so many so many homicides this past year why go after these people who are buying really really low level amounts of marijuana and certainly in the city i mean even before this they basically said they're not going to be prosecuting these low level cases mm -hmm. so it seems like there might be some freedom although we wouldn't want to see people abuse it um now in illinois on new year's eve illinois governor jb pritzker granted something like eleven thousand pardons for cannabis mm -hmm. related convictions who got these pardons so that was going to go to low-level convictions um, in the state law. They, they've kind of broken up the the pardons, um, what people can be, you know, get their records cleared for into kind of three categories: convictions up to thirty grams of marijuana, um, convictions thirty grams to five hundred grams, and then just arrest records. So if you had been arrested for, um, you know, possessing a, a low a, a low-level amount and the majority of the records are going to be arrest records. I think I was looking at the press release this morning and it was something like 550,000 arrest records can just be expunged. Mm -hmm. um, the 11,000 that were pardoned, um, I think they fall into the 30 grams 
category. Um, and that is a big part of this law. They, the state legislator, they, the state legislators, wrote it in. They wanted to make it easy for people who had been per, uh, prosecuted for this drug before to not have that remain on their record when it's legal. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it would be terrible if somebody is, is sitting in prison for years, even while everybody's standing in line to get mm-hmm. their own. Oh, and that's also a big criticism that states like Colorado and Washington um, have come under when they legalized it first. Because all these people stood up and they said, hey, look, there are these people who've been in jail for years and now you're saying it's legal. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of racial undertones when it comes to marijuana legalization. Mm-hmm. And who's been prosecuted historically. Mm-hmm. And the and Illinois lawmakers wanted to set up a framework to at least begin to address that. Let's go to the phone lines. Greg is calling from St. Louis. Um, Greg, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Oh, yes. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, I was trying to wonder uh, with um, the new uh, the new law and the, the legalization of marijuana in Illinois. Now, as a uh, adult, are you able to grow your own and to do the dispensary sale to see? Uh, Greg, that's a great question. Eric, do you know the answer? Yes. Uh, if you have a medical card, you can grow up to five plants. Uh, if you... Do not have a medical card, then sorry, growing is still illegal. Okay, so you still have to go stand in line. You can't just have your own plant mm-hmm. in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, I hope that doesn't come as bad news. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So, Eric, there's obviously huge demand for this one store in mm-hmm. the metro area um, in Collinsville. Will we see other retail outlets getting to open in the new year? Yes, definitely. Um, the owners of the Collinsville store, Illinois Supply and Provisions, have their eyes on Fairview Heights as a secondary location, and, and that's kind of going through the governmental processes right now. Um, <clears throat> other, if, you're, if you have an existing dispensary, you can have a dual-use license like in Collinsville. There's a dispensary in uh, Sojé that has applied for a similar thing. They need to get their license from the state, and then they can also open a secondary location. So I think that's what that's for. And then by May 1st, another 75 dispensaries will be licensed across the state, and four of those could uh, show up in the Metro East. Okay. If Illinois communities are um, leery of having a dispensary, they don't want these lines around the block in their community, do they have the right to say they don't want this in their neighborhood? How does how does that work on the zoning front? Um, yeah. Actually, in the in the state law, every municipality you know, municipalities have to, the city councils have to meet and they have to say whether or not they want to allow sales of marijuana in their community. O'Fallon, Illinois has said, no, we don't want this. They're going to put a referendum to their voters to, to see, you know, where public opinion is. But right now they don't, uh, they don't want it. I know that Madison County and unincorporated parts of Madison County, they have said no to sales, no to um, these centers Towns can towns can say we don't want the sales here, but again, I mean, because it's legal on a statewide basis. If you live in O'Fallon, you can potentially in a few months be able to just drive up the interstate to Fairview Heights, get your marijuana there, and go back to your home. It's going to be impossible to wall themselves off completely mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. So we're now in this brave new world where um, pot is legal in Illinois, not legal in Missouri. What do you see as the major unknowns at this point? I think. The major, 
Well, the major unknowns, right, are, are going to be how big is the market really going to be in Illinois? Uh, it's really hard to determine that just because it's not a, a, it's not a new market. You're trying to entice people who have traditionally done this illegally. They have their illicit relationships, their guys, if you will. Um, will they leave their source behind? Yeah, yeah. to and, go do this the legal way. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that depends on from the people who I've been speaking to. It, it really depends on access. It's not so much about supply. It's about if people can get to get to a dispensary and it's easy for them to to go and get it and it doesn't cost you know an arm and a leg but people actually will pay more money to do it legally uh, I think in Missouri the big questions are going to be around how their medical program rolls out um, <clears throat> since I'm, Missouri is rolling that out this same calendar year yes yes and that will be really interesting to see you know what the kind of response is there and if the state wants to go ahead and try and adopt a recreational program. I think that'll depend on seeing how much tax money uh, Illinois brings in because that that I think that was one of the things that I saw from my vantage point in Colorado when I was living there before here was that states would look at Colorado and go, oh my God, they're getting so much money. They're getting so much tax money from this. And this was a way to drive uh, economic development and uh, or not economic development, but revenue for the state. And I, so I think that that will be part of, you know, part of the couple of things to look for. That could be pretty tantalizing for Missouri to mm-hmm. see the kind of tax dollars that come in with these kind of lines around the block. Mm-hmm. Do you see any legal questions that remain at this point? I think, yes, I, I think that there will be employment questions that have to be hashed out. Um, in terms of um, somebody who might come to work with uh, marijuana in their system? Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be more about wrongful termination. Uh, it, it's it's going to be about whether or not an employer went, or went through the right way to uh, to enact their policies and, and fire somebody. Because they, they can do that, but they have to do it in the right way. And I think on the Missouri side, it's going to be there's, there's the legality question of, okay, you know, we have people who work at this station who live in Illinois and commute into Missouri every single day. If St. Louis Public Radio were to drug test them, technically, yeah, they could, uh, under Missouri law, they could be fired. But that's a kind of a dynamic in this entire region. And it's also a dynamic in the Quad Cities area and the Chicago area that you have people from out of state who move across the borders a lot. And there's a lot that is intertwined in those areas that makes it a lot harder to you know, hash out. And employment law is one of those. It'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. So St. Louis Public Radio reporter Eric Schmidt, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.